Hey, what's up, and welcome back to the Heading for Home podcast. Today's guest is Mark Chardy. So Mark was an ex-major league pitcher with the Brewers. Now he works in Hollywood, one of the most successful producers in the arena. You know, movies you definitely know about, The Rookie, Secretariat, Invincible, Million Dollar Arm, and recently Safety. And you know, he's a guy that has really kind of took all the great aspects of being a baseball player and making it to the big leagues and then moving that into the next field, which for him was producing movies. Started out in his garage, grinded, did everything, you know, worked his way from the bottom up and now gets to pick the projects he does and, and does a lot of many people's favorite movies. So um, hope you enjoyed this one. It was a lot of fun doing and I'll talk to you soon. See you. You know, take me back to your career. Where did it start? I know you're New Brunswick, New Jersey. So hit me with it. Yeah, b- born in New Brunswick, grew up in Piscataway, nice. uh, which is the town right next to it. Uh, fantastic sports town. I mean, they've put my high school's put I think eight or nine guys into the NFL. Wow! Uh, I think they they did a story. It's more than three surrounding counties uh, than one high school. And wow. in, in one one year, we had two first round picks. In uh, in a two year period, we had two first round picks one year and a, and a first round the next year. Oh so off a, off a one team about uh, a dozen years ago, but, okay. uh, and, and base baseball talent was, was fantastic, especially me growing up. Um, everyone played. I mean, I mean the, the all, it was so big that the all-star teams at the end of the year and going into the summer were, were chopped up into four different teams within oh. one town. So there was a lot of talent and, and I grew up with uh, a lot of the kids that uh, then went on to high school um, you know, our Babe Ruth team won the states, lost to the in the regional final. One second, lost in the regional finals um, to the team that won the national championship okay. uh, when I when I was fourteen, fifteen. So uh, we we had really good talent. We went through high school. Um, you know, my sophomore year, we lost in the state finals of the biggest group. Uh, you know, lots of guys went on to D one uh, careers uh, when it was finally my uh, my senior year and I was always young for my grade. So I was, my birthday was the end of, the, end of August. Okay, so got it. unfortunately I was, uh, you know, the youngest guy in the team. So, uh, I think I played varsity my sophomore, junior, senior year. And, and, and my senior year, we, we ended up, uh, we, we were number one in the state for part of the year. Okay. Um, we ended up losing first round. I went back to the field where, where, where that happened. I gave, I gave up a second inning grand slam. It just oh, went over the, geez. we, we, we were at like a, uh, like a secondary field because the field we normally play on was, was wet and uh, it's a really small park and it, you know, a little fly ball just over the fence. Oh, and yeah, we brutal. lost, we lost four too. And, and I was, uh, you know, so uh, I had won the counties a year before, but you know, I was all state and uh, uh, committed to university of Maryland pretty early. Mm-hmm. Uh, my sister had, my sisters had both gone there and they started writing me uh as early as any college. And I, I thought it was strange because my sisters were going there and I'm getting, you know, written by uh, the coaches at Maryland. I was like, Oh, this is convenient. Yeah, but right. uh, I found out later that the assistant coach had been the umpire in a game that I had pitched down in Waldorf, Maryland for the regional tournament that I was uh, pointing out. And I, I think I, I think I beat the, the, the local team. I think I had uh, like 19 strikeouts in seven innings. Oh, my gosh. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so he, he, he called that game. That game. Yeah. So he's like, hey, I'm, I'm going to start writing this kid when he's 15. So, yeah. But it worked out great. Um, you know, you, you get seen. We, we were the northernmost school in a, in, in a, south, a southern conference, the ACC, yeah. really competitive. And, you know, I, di- I didn't pitch much my, the first half of my freshman year. But by the end, you know, I was – probably the second pitcher. I, I pitched the second game in the ACC tournament. So, uh, kind of shot up pretty quickly yeah. once I got my chance. And, uh, my sophomore year had a really good year, six and three. I mean, this is when we were playing like maybe 35, 38 games yeah. a, a year and teams in Texas are playing like 70. Now it's, <laughs> now it's a lot better because it's uniformed. Yeah, it's it's every team plays the same amount. So you're getting a lot of parity in that way where there's not a huge advantage with, with these weather schools. Uh, and now with turf and everything, these, these fields dry out in no time. So yeah, when you're an East Coast team, uh, it's a little tougher. But uh, so, yeah, so then my I, I pitched uh, after my sophomore year, I pitched on a team out of Baltimore uh, called Johnny's. And and uh, they put they put more guys in the big league than any uh, amateur team, any team uh-huh. out of the Cape. Uh, I mean Reggie Jackson, Jim Palmer, like on and on. Uh, yeah, that's this team would 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 go. Yeah, they they, they would uh, they would play in several different tournaments throughout the year, and then uh, in leagues, and then we played eighty eight games in one summer. 
88 games. I, had eight, I was 18 and two, <laughs> oh and God. and we went to this tournament in Johnstown, Pennsylvania. That that's okay. the tournament. Uh, it, it's more of a like from the Midwest, like Michigan, New Orleans, all the way east. Got and it. it's okay. a famous tournament in Johnstown. I pitched on the New Jersey team after my before my uh, for two years before going into college and then after my freshman year, and then basically the team in Baltimore, which wins almost every year they were like robots they all had the helmets they all look the same yeah. and they run out and and they were you know until i joined them you didn't realize like these guys were machines because yeah. they played so many games and so so that year um we went to the tournament and and i think lost a game early and then just rolled through everybody and, and, and won that tournament again and uh you know i was the mvp and i thought if i have a good junior year i, I can see some money yep. you know relatively probably top five you know, top four, you know, round uh, choice, see a little money, get my career going. And uh, before my junior year, uh, the February before, I, I blew out my ankle playing pickup basketball okay. and uh, tried to pitch for two games and finally got it checked and uh, I had torn the ligaments in my ankle. Oh, geez, so yeah. I had uh, decided to do surgery instead of kind of wait and, and try to see if it rehabbed itself. And, and so I had a red shirt my junior year and I, 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 I and it was my push up legs. So I, oh, yeah. I thought that That's I'd be brutal. done. Yeah, I, yeah. Re I really yeah. did. I thought that was the end of my career. Um, came back late that fall and actually just started, I couldn't really do too much. Couldn't push off too much, but I, but I just started changing speeds okay. and throwing a straight change. And, yep. and it was, I realized it was a pretty devastating pitch. Everything I threw at that time was pretty hard, okay. hard slider, you know, fastball, two seam, four seam. But, uh, once I started throwing a straight change, I realized these guys couldn't hit it. Yeah. And I started incorporating that um, once I, uh, my senior year, I had a good senior year and got drafted, uh, in the 15th round by the Brewers. Okay. Uh, the head scout, uh, of the Brewers was that coach of that team at Johnny's. Oh, interesting. So, That's great. Yeah, yeah. So, so many, it was like a feeder system for yeah. brew, young, young Brewers talent. And, uh, and it was thankful that I got the opportunity. I signed for $2,500 and, and, and some gas money to yeah. Paintsville, Kentucky, <laughs> And couldn't have been happier. I know, right? I know the yeah. feeling. Yeah. And 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 here's where I'll kind of segue in uh, what I did after baseball. So uh, I remember pulling into where the park was in the middle of a dry county, Hazard County in, in Kentucky. And I remember pulling into this. It was like a crappy high school field, which was going to be our field. And, uh, and I remember pulling in next to this white, brand new beautiful white Bronco uh -huh. and, and, uh, and I'm meeting the guys out there and we, we, the draft was loaded. I mean, uh, the following year and the year after we were, we were minor league organization of the year for two years straight oh, wow. and, okay. and unbelievable. My, my rookie ball team, I think we put 10 or 11 guys into the big leagues, wow. which is crazy. Yeah, that is Normally crazy. there'd be a couple. Yeah. Two, um, three. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the guy I pulled next to, I met, and one of the first guys I met, he was, a, he was a pitcher as well. Obviously he got some money where I didn't, he was a supplemental first round pick and his name was Jim Morris and, and Jim, Jim and I, and Dan Plesak, uh, w was there as well. And, and they're, they're, if I name the guys, it's like a, you know, a who's who of, you know, Chris Bosio, Mike yeah. Birkbeck, yeah. uh, Braggs, uh, you know, Joey Meyer, you know, it was, it was loaded. And, uh, so, so yeah, so yeah, who's so, who? I mean, that's a you know guys I grew up watching, like, quite frankly. Yeah, it, it was impressive, and and um, and so, but I'm I'm literally they I think they had 17 pitchers. They let a couple guys go uh, that they had signed, you know, as, as free agent as well coming in there. It's really competitive, but uh, I remember at, the, at when we broke camp that I, I was they they carried they had 17 pitchers and I was the last guy on that depth chart. I wasn't anywhere near going to be a starter. I wasn't, you know, I, I think I got in two times. I had a, a good relief appearance, and then I had a we had a bad game. And I remember the the roving uh, instructor coming around, and and after maybe less than two weeks there, I remember him talking to us, and he was he was going to each guy <laughs> and saying, you know, what you're doing right or wrong. And then finally, he gets to me, he goes. Jesus Christ, Charlie! You shouldn't even you shouldn't even be in this league. You're twenty. You're going to be twenty two years old. You know, you're going to be home within a couple of weeks. And I just remember going, Jesus. Well, at least I got drafted. Yeah, exactly you know? right. And and so I was like, ah, you know, whatever. I'm on borrowed time anyway. Fifteenth round choice. You know, I, I got the opportunity. And then I just stopped worrying about stuff. And and uh, uh, Mike Gamboa was uh, was our manager. Yeah. And uh, Mike Mike was in several teams in the big league. Fantastic yeah. coach. And um, and I got a uh, 
I'd had a good, a good relief appearance. And then Jim Morris, who was a starter, yeah. got hurt one game and couldn't pitch. And I, and I threw in, in uh, Bristol, Tennessee. Okay. And I got in a, in a spot start and I threw a shutout. And, uh, and I never was out of starting rotation from that point on in wow. my career. That's awesome. So, and, and I ended up, uh, I thought I was nine and two, but I think it was eight and two. Dan, Dan and I were all stars on that team. Dan Plesac and uh, half our team was all stars. But uh, we won the uh, Appalachian League, uh, you know, championship. Yeah. It was it was a great team, a lot of fun. So I came back after that year. You know, again they've got no money invested in me. I think I made six hundred dollars a month my first year in professional baseball. So uh, my next year, I thought, well, they have two A ball teams. Hopefully. I'm going to go to high A in the California League. They had a lower A team in, in Beloit, Wisconsin. Okay, I get my papers. I'm going to Beloit. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, damn, you know. <laughs> so I go to Beloit, and they had split the team. Half the half of those prospects were up in, in Stockton. The other half kind of were in Beloit, mm-hmm. and that Beloit team was really good as well. And I, I ended up ten and six that year. Uh, I was all star. I think I led the Midwest League in strikeouts, 168 strikeouts, and like 32 walks. Wow, that's uh, I was just looking at the itself. stats, yeah. something like that. Yeah, and 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 put myself on 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 the radar at and with Milwaukee. So so then the next year I'm like, okay, for sure I'm going to Double A. Yeah. I'm not going to go back to A ball <laughs> exactly, after right. being an All Star in Lower A. Of course, I break camp in in Stockton. And now again, now I'm 24. At that point, 20. I signed when I was 21, going to be 22, 22, 23. Now I'm 23, going to be 24. And I'm like, yeah. I'm in, I'm going to be 24 if I'm in A-ball all year. Yeah. I go, Jesus. So I was bummed. I started out that year in Stockton, one and three. I was really bummed. I didn't, I was pissed. Yeah. And then I, again, just was like, let, let, let me, let me see what I can do here. And, and then I think I won like nine out of the next 10 games. I was, I was 10 and four or 10. I can't remember. I think it was 10 and four when I got then called up to double A. And at that point too, now double A, had nearly all those prospects from rookie ball that that play i mean they had Billy so Joe Robito, loaded, that, yeah yeah loaded, loaded. Yeah. we had we had guys that were had been in the big leagues and kind of you know kind of had, redoing their career but i went there and that place was crazy down in el paso texas oh okay, the dudley cool. dome yeah, yeah and uh most notorious hitters park in the in, yeah. in all of all of baseball major league minor league and and i and i went there and i was throwing really well and i went eight and one with a two point six era or something wow and and that's when it couldn't kind of be denied and they actually after that season put me i, I won 18 games it was more than anybody in the in any minor league uh combination or total win so they put me on the big league roster and i remember at that point i was like man that's uh I find, I'm, I'm finally now knocking on the door yeah, you're on the radar so, officially yeah and and I ended up uh, getting uh, an agent. This guy Dennis Gilbert. Oh yeah, represent, <laughs> represented. Gogo was he, he had a huge insurance business, and he started like a, a side business of representing yeah. baseball talent. And he he was like a big shot man. He would come in in his Rolls Royce, and and he he represented like every good guy in our yeah. minor league system was with Dennis. And I remember him coming up to me uh, and saying, "Hey, are you you represented? Like, do you have an agent?" I go, "No." Not really. And he goes, can I represent you? And I said, sure. <laughs> so I remember um, after he after the season, he said, so so he called me Chi. So Chi, where, where are you, um, you know, where are you working out uh, before the, you know, you're going to big league camp? I said, I don't know, New Jersey. You know, I, I try to go down to University of Maryland a little bit and, yeah. you know, on, on weekends and, and, and throw down there in the indoor gym. But uh, he goes, no, why don't you come out to California? Most of my guys are out here and they work out at UCLA and okay. you know, you, you got to get ready. This is, this is the real deal. So I decided to go out to LA, drove out by myself, didn't know anybody. And, uh, I knew him and his yeah. the couple of young agents he had and stayed with one of those guys for a couple of weeks. And then I ended up rooming with another baseball player and, and, uh, you know, working out at UCLA right. and just getting ready for that season. And, uh, and that was it, man. I went, I went to big league camp and, uh, you know, uh, Almost, I found out from from Dan. He had said after that June. Oh, after, no, after that season, uh, at, when camp broke, they put me in AAA in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. So I spent the year in AAA. had had a good year there. Had a good ERA. I think it was like nine and eight with like a three. I, I had a good season. Yeah. And uh, there was a time when I thought I'd get caught up, called up. I started out rough and then really started going on a roll. But they didn't need anybody. And then the next year, I competed uh, for at at camp. Uh, and actually 
made the team as a, as the fifth starter. That's beautiful. So in 87, I got up. Hopefully this is not too long. No, but, no, not at all. This is what we love yeah. to hear. Yeah, yeah. This is great. So, so, so got up, yeah, got up to the big leagues in 87 as a, as a starting pitcher. And, uh, God, I can remember I was supposed to throw, I uh, was supposed to pitch in, in Texas fifth game. Mm-hmm. We, we, we started out a, a series at home, a three game series at home. And then we were going on the road for two, two series. And then it's kind of a funky, april you know schedule and we opened up against the 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 red sox the red sox were four months removed from that famous world series with with the mets yeah and so that whole team that whole team was intact right so so i'm looking at these guys you know you're watching all these guys on tv your whole life and uh so i'm 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 in in on the third game they put me in long 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 relief which is if you're a pitcher Basically, if the starting pitcher doesn't get knocked out in the first inning yeah. or two, you're fine. So yeah. I, I went down. I, I'm always on the dugout because I'm a starter. So I'm out in the center field where they had their bullpen and up up overlooking the field. And I was like, oh, this is great, kind of yeah. hanging out yeah. with the with the relievers. And I've got my my spikes. I'm in my sneakers and just hanging out and uh, taking it all in. And our 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 pitcher started getting hammered, and it was like three nothing after the first inning, five nothing second. All of a sudden, I hear Charity get get loose. And I'm like scrambling around. I, I'm trying to put my shoes on. My heart's racing. And they're going like this. And I'm running down there. Now I'm trying to throw. I might have thrown like eight or nine pitches. And are you ready? You ready? I'm like, yeah, sure. I run. It, it was like a, you know, kind of a dream. They, the the doors open and you kind of run in from center field. Yeah. And, and, and it's like, it was the craziest thing because it's like, you know, all these thoughts go through your mind of like, you know, when you're playing a little league and, and, and yeah. uh, you know, in high school and all the you know, catches you've had with your dad and, and, um, you know, I'm coming in there and then all of a sudden I'm like, Jesus, second and third one out. And I gotta, I gotta face Jim Wright, Jim Rice and Dwight Evans. And, <laughs> welcome uh, to the show, so, kid. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the big league. So, so I'm, I'm throwing, I get, I get them both out. I get a little pop up infield pop and then, and then a little ground out and I come off and I'm like, this isn't hard. Next inning I go out, get them out one, two, three. I'm going through their lineup. The third inning I go out, have another good inning. The fourth inning I'm out. Now we've tied and actually gone ahead we, oh, we've wow. come okay. at not only i think it was like five nothing when i came out it was like seven to five i think or seven six um but but i i gave up i hung a slider to dave henderson and he hit a home run and and it was the catcher comes out it's like bull durham he's he's calling me you know rook what the hell are you shaking me off for i, I threw a change up off a fastball and he's yeah. He's like, well, he's late on you. And you're throwing him a, cha- a hanging change up. What's wrong with you? And his head's going back and forth, and I'm just like this. So uh, I got the rest of that inning. I threw another good inning. And then I, uh, the inning after that, I, I threw almost five innings. I came out with two outs, guy in first and second. And uh, I think I'd walked Boggs on a close pitch. And, and uh, they brought in another, uh, you know, uh, another reliever. I think Chris, Chris Basio comes oh, in wow. behind okay, me. Nice. He gives up both of my runs. Oh man. They, they, they tie the score. So I spit the hook in the wrong direction. Yeah. I go from a win to a no decision. Both those runs come in oh. and they're, they're mine, but, yeah, of course. but it was a great experience. I actually pitched really well. And, uh, and, and so we won that game. Nice. So we're now three and O to start the year. We then go to Texas. Now they moved around the rotation instead of pitching in Texas. Now I'm going to pitch, the eighth game against the Orioles. Okay. We go to Texas and we win. I think it was a two game series. So now we're like five or maybe we swept them. So we're six and oh, now we go to Baltimore for a series. We win the seventh game. We're now oh, seven wow. and oh, and I think yeah. at that point we're the only undefeated team. So then I pitched the eighth game and I pitched at university of Maryland. So like I've got friends and family, you know, all over the place there and uh, I go in and I and I beat the uh, I beat the Orioles five three. I pitched five innings. I pitched okay, give yeah. up three runs, but uh, we win that game. We're eight and zero. Then Juan Nieves, I think he either pitched that game before or the game after. He throws like a no hitter. Now we're nine and zero. And then we go to where did we go after that? Uh, then we came home and we had a series against I can't remember if it was the White Sox at home. Somebody we win ten eleven twelve. And then another team, and then we came back to, to we, we we went thirteen and zero on an e, on Easter Day or something. I'm getting might get the facts all wrong, but but we tie a major league record. That's amazing. Came back like from incredibly far down. Yeah. And and now we've tied a major league record. Now we're like on the cover of SI. Everyone's <laughs> it's a national story. And uh, and so I've got to pitch the fourteenth game in in Chicago. <laughs> and and this is when the cheese had started yeah, on that okay. game. 
you can look in Wikipedia, the series that we played up there, because at that point, um, I think Rick Manning, sorry to get in the weeds here, but this is a good no, story. No, Rick, good. Manning and, Rick Manning in spring training, he'd gotten traded over the Brewers. He's a veteran. Like he's sitting there stretching, smoking a cigarette. He's one of those guys. He's yeah. great, really funny guy. And he's looking over, and all these busloads of, 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 of people, you know, start getting out of the bus and they're, you know, they're come, they're all from Wisconsin yeah. and they're all coming down for spring training. And some of them are a little oversized and, and he makes the comment. He, he's like, Jesus Christ, look at all these cheese heads. And, and, and the beat reporter kind of as a joke, put it in a little bio, you know, and Rick Manning comments on the cheese heads and, and he, it was kind of put in there as a joke yeah. and everyone kind of got up in arms, but then they kind of embraced it. Yeah. It became a little bit of an issue. And then, and then, one one guy in that series bought a brought a cheesehead hat, and that guy was what started. If you look on Wikipedia, cheeseheads how it started. Awesome. They'll talk about because I I remember that, and I remember everybody embracing the cheesehead. They just were like we're cheeseheads. So <laughs> I I remember striking out the first uh, batter in that game, and it was mostly Milwaukee fans that came down, and it was a cold you know rainy night. Struck out that first guy and the place was going crazy. And then that was the highlight. So after that, kind of, kind of uh, got hit around a little bit. I, ca- I came out. It was. Uh, I think I gave up either two or three runs, a couple innings, and then we ended up we ended up losing like three one or three nothing. Okay. And the streak streak broke. But uh, then I then I pitched a few days later in Anaheim. Came out with a five four lead, uh, and that was the last time I pitched in the big league. So I, I pitched four games. Uh, they wanted at that point because there were some off days coming up. I wasn't throwing well, but they also said, listen, we want to keep you throwing and, and we're going to go to a four man rotation. Go, we're going to send you down to AAA for a few weeks, pitch well, you'll be right back up. Yeah. And uh, at that time, they moved the team from Vancouver to Denver. And Denver was, oh. played a mile high city, yeah, mile sorry. high stadium where, where, and it was, it was the biggest stadium and the air, it, it was like a launching pad. Yeah. And so I remember my first game uh, in AAA uh, on the road. I threw a shutout against uh, the Reds AAA team, and and then I'm like, okay, I'm going to get back up, and uh, and then and then I and then I started pitching in Denver, yeah. and I got smoked in Denver the, the first time. Everybody did, and, yeah. and it was just like kind of up and up and down a little bit, but but I, I was throwing pretty well. I, I remember being five and three, and and then I pitched a good game, and I remember the coach called me in, and that night I had kind of tweaked my back because you know starters after the day after you pitch you usually up in the stands yep. when you're playing in the yep, minors and you're you're, yep. you're doing the radar remember gun those days and you're well. charting that yeah. and i and i remember putting the gun there and i remember get, hoisting myself up to, to the stands and i remember tweaking my back just a little bit but to the point where you know it's hard to breathe and you, you can't move and it's it i'd done it before but it was like a couple days you're pretty immobilized yeah and and the coach called me and he said listen they they, they called you up to pitch in 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 anaheim uh, oh, on 4th of July. And, and they said, listen, it's a tough break, but, uh, you know, we got to send somebody else up cause they need, need, need you to pitch in like three or four days. So I didn't get my opportunity. It was a bummer, but you know, I was pitching well enough to get back up and, and they just did not need another starting pitcher the rest of the year. Yeah. I finished out, I think seven to five in AAA in Denver and, and all the papers were saying that I was going to get called up. And I assumed I was in September when they expand yeah. the roster and they called up one guy. Uh, a journeyman first baseman. So oh, at that point, it was the first time where I felt like I wasn't kind of going like this in yep. the organization. And what what I said to myself, because I, when you're in AAA, you, you see guys that have been around a long time. They're in their 30s. They're bouncing around their fourth, fifth team. They're rounding out a roster. And I said to myself, okay, if I'm not in their plans, they've got me another two years. I'm 25 turning 26. I'll be 28 before – I can go to another team. I yeah. said, I, I don't want, I don't want to do that. I don't want to, in my opinion, be a guy rounding out a roster, not being in their plans. They've got my rights, you know? So I remember starting the year, they brought me to camp as an, as a non-roster guy. They took me. So this is where they kind of boned me a little bit. Um, the, uh, the rule five, I think it is yeah, or rule eight. I, I got so rule one five. It, yeah. I know the feeling. Yeah. yeah, yeah so, yep. so, so, so here's what they did though. They kept me on the roster through this this reentry draft, where it's basically to your audience, if 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 you're unprotected, they can protect 40 guys. They're 25. They're on the big league, and they're best 15 prospects that are eligible to be protected. You're, yeah. They have you for about 
the first two and a half years, then that 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 third year they've got to either protect you or leave you unprotected. If you're, it, it's a good rule because it, it, guys can't sit there and die in a, in another person's system. Yeah. They're behind guys, so if you leave somebody protected after a certain amount, then another team can take them. So. I'm like, oh, I was like, please don't protect me. You know, let, 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 let it, because I felt like I could pitch on another team. So they kept me on the big league roster. The day after this reentry draft, they took me off the oh big league roster. Oh, my God. That's brutal. So now I'm pissed because yeah. I was like, okay, they don't have any plans for me, but they don't want anybody yeah, else to have me. So I went and I, and I pitched for about two months in AAA. And I just was like, you know, I started out well and then I had a couple rough games and, 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 uh, I just felt like it was time. My dad was there. It was in Pawtucket. That was the last game I pitched. I wasn't happy. My arm was starting to bother me. And I just felt like, you know what? I'm not enjoying this anymore. I'm going to get, I always said I was going to get out on my own terms. Yeah. So I went into the, the clubhouse. I told my dad the night before I said, I, I think I'm going to hang him up. And, and I went in and, and, and I, Duffy Dyer was the, the head coach. And I just said, Duff, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to retire. And he like nobody really retires. So, yeah. uh, but That's I just true. said, this is, you know, I just don't want to, you know, I'm not enjoying it anymore. And, and, uh, so that was it said goodbye to the guys and, and left complete. I'd gotten up to the big leagues and I just, honestly, I just didn't want to be the guy hanging around. Yeah. If, in my opinion, if I wasn't going that way, I didn't want to be the guy going there and trying to bounce around. And, and, uh, so that was it. I was really content and, and, uh, you know, just look for other things to do in life. And, uh, which then eventually led me, you know, cause I lived in LA. Okay. Um, I had, uh, you know, I, I kind of moved back East, did some other things and then always had kind of wanted to come back to LA. I, I would always go back in the summer and, and visit friends that I had made over the, my four years in the off season living yeah, exactly. in LA. And I always said I wanted to get back there. And, and, uh, after a few years away, I, I decided to talk to a buddy of mine and, and he said, let's get in the film business. And by that time I, I was when I was coming back in the kind of early to mid nineties became friends with a lot of young guys that were in the film business randomly okay. through connecting friends. And, um, and so that group, uh, that I was friends with, that was in the film business, you know, I wasn't in the film business when they'd start to huddle around, talk about movies, you know, I'd go off and, you know, chase <laughs> girls with my buddies. So, so finally we're like, listen, why, why, why don't we do this? You know, why don't, why don't we get in the film business? So that's what we did. My former partner, uh, Gordon Gray and I, Opened up a, became producers. Worked out of his garage. Didn't know anything, but we knew people in the business, so we yeah. could actually get some of the calls returned, and that was important. Yeah. But other than that, completely self-taught. And uh, I remember moving back officially to to start my career. I'd never worked for anybody in my life. You know, I was thirty five, thirty six at the time, okay. and uh, and so I was like, you know, how am I how am I going to do this? And I and I remember just reading. I, I got variety, and I started reading the trades. I I. I remember answering my call, first call, nervous, you know, and uh, and we just self-taught, you know, yeah. and, and what we knew is we got to find projects, we got to we got to find things where no one's going to give us anything. We got to read scripts, we got to develop scripts. And uh, in 1999, uh, I remember sitting in a doctor's office, and uh, at that point, we had set up a couple movies, one at Disney, one at Paramount, uh, both were books, and we we knew some writers, we knew some executives, so we were at least getting in the game a little bit. Yeah. And then I was sitting in a doctor's office in June of, of 1999, and I'm reading Sports Illustrated. And, and in the back of – I always like going in the back with those more of the personal stories. Yep. And I'm reading about this guy in AAA, and, and I'm reading this little half-page you know, article, and it's talking about this, this, this guy who's a, a, a teacher, a science teacher in West Texas, and he's also the baseball coach. And, you know, really to try to inspire his, ki- his kids, they, they hadn't won a district, you know, won their districts in 30 something years. And, and he just tried to inspire them and, you know, have them, you know, reach for their, their best. And, and they kind of put it back on him and they, they made this bet because he would throw to them and he was throwing hard. And, and, uh, and they said, well, listen, if we win districts, you got to you got to go for a tryout. And he agrees, not thinking anything. And, and, and then they, of course, win the districts. Now he's got to go for a tryout. He's got three kids at the time. He didn't even tell his wife. He goes, and if anybody remembers this story, this is the story about the rookie. Yeah. So Absolutely. I'm reading the story, and at this point, he's in AAA. So he goes to this tryout. He doesn't know what he's throwing. Guy's throwing 98. It's, it's, they sign him. He's 36, 30, 35 years old. And it goes on and says, 
at this point, he's in AAA. It goes on and said he had played a little bit of minor league baseball, signed in 1983, with, never got above single A, yeah. signed in 83 with the Brewers. I'm like, that's when I signed. <laughs> I didn't even notice the name. I look and it's, oh my God, it's Jim Morris. The same guy, the first guy I amazing. met in rookie ball. I'm now going, oh, the guy I got the start in front of, and by the way, our two careers, I was then the guy that jumped him yeah. because I was always in the next league up. He, he actually replaced me when I went from Stockton to – but I played with him for two and a half years, okay. and, and I roomed with him one spring training. So you're like brothers with these guys. Yeah, you're absolutely. on bus. Yep. You're, you're around them for six months straight. You know these guys are your brothers. And um, and I'm looking at this thing. I'm like, Jim Morris? He's the guy that would throw it halfway up the backstop. <laughs> he would just kind of always get on himself, and he had a lot of arm trouble. And uh, and I'm like, I can't believe this. So I'm he's in Durham, North Carolina. He's playing for the Durham Bulls. So now I'm I'm shaking. I'm like, I got to get the rights to this story. Yeah. Before he gets called, uh, if he gets called up, I mean he's not there yet. But if he, this is the craziest story, if he gets sure. called up, so scramble, call the clubhouse, can't get the club. He's on the phone. He puts it down. He can't get him. So finally, I call the 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 the, the team, and they said, okay, oh, he's got, you know, he's. I said, does he have an eight? Can I get in touch with somebody? They said, you know, he just got an an agent who's an attorney and lives in Los Angeles. I goes, great, that's where I am. Give me the number. I leave a long message. I get a call the next day. Now, by this time, a few days have gone by, and we're trying to like get in touch with Jim. So I tell him my whole story. You know, I played with Jim, blah, blah, blah. I leave him this long message. He calls back the next day. He's like, oh, he goes, hey, I got your message. I talked to Jim. He's like, yeah, of course. I love Mark. So he goes, why don't you, why don't you come to my office, and we'll, and we'll talk. So go up there, and we're talking to him and, and talking to him why we should do this. And we had a friend that worked at Disney who was an executive. And, and he's like, okay, great. You know, well, what, what, what can you offer? And we're like, we can't offer anything, man. We're in a, we're in a garage, but yeah. like, we think this would be a perfect Disney movie. Yeah. Can we, can we pitch Disney? Great. Let's do that. In fact, he goes, Jim's coming. At, uh, oh, at that point, he's not even in the big leagues at that point. So okay. this is like the week leading up to it. So whatever day it was like, it was like a Wednesday, Tuesday, we meet with, you know, Wednesday, we tell the studio, we tell Disney, we give them the story, right? We give them the article. There were like two articles written about him and we're like, you got to do this. And, 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 Finally, Friday morning, um, the agent was saying, listen, I'm going out of town for the long weekend. This is now Labor Day. Okay. I'm going out of town. I'll be back to, and I'm not going to have cell service. I'll be back Tuesday morning. Why don't we set a call? If we don't talk Friday, let's talk Tuesday morning, okay. right? So Tuesday midday, we get a call from Disney. You got the rights, don't you? We want to do this. So now we can't oh, get geez. in touch with the agent. The agents <laughs> must have called them 400 times. Yeah. So now we're the whole weekend, we're going crazy. Now, listen, this is when you had to pull up dial-up modems and stuff to see yeah. if Jim had pitched, right? So we look, and there it is, 0.1 innings. The line is one strikeout. We're like, oh, my God. And it's at Texas, where he's from. We didn't realize. It was like the perfect ending to our movie. Now yeah. we can't get a hold of this guy. But still, no, we're still in good shape. We're the only ones really after this. So Tuesday morning comes around. And our Disney exec, we used to work out Tuesdays and Thursdays. And he came in at like seven, no, eight in the morning. He came over and he takes the, the, the New York Times would be outside. He brought in the New York, uh, sorry, LA Times. And the LA Times, the whole front of the sports page, he goes, guys, we're effed. The whole sp sports page is living your dreams. And it's about oh, Jim man. Morris. And Bill Plaschke had written a three page article on Jim Morris, <laughs> our little story that no one knew yeah, about. Exactly. So now we get on at nine o'clock and I'm not kidding you. So we get on with the agent and he, we couldn't talk to him for more than five seconds. Cause I think the, his, the agent was in the story and, and, and like his number somehow, it was like, he was, everyone had this guy's name and number Yeah. and we couldn't go more than five seconds before he was clicking over. Oh, oh sorry guys. Sorry guys. Cause his phone was blown up because everyone oh, wanted these rights. Yeah. So we now go, listen, let's set up a time. Uh, let's let's bring Jim up to at this now 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 Disney's going crazy because when yeah. they wanted to buy it he wasn't in the big leagues now they're like so we set up a meeting for the next day remember now Jim's in playing in Anaheim I get to the studio at the same time Jim's car pulls up with his agent I haven't seen Jim in eleven years we get out and I'm walking in he's there and I just we start laughing yeah. and he just, he he's like you know this has all happened in like a month and a half yeah. his whole life has changed. And so we give each other a big hug. I go, what in the hell is going on? He goes, I have no idea. <laughs> and uh, we go up and take this meeting. The chairman of the studio, head of marketing, head of every department was in there. And Jim and his agent are there. And, and they go like, this is a Disney movie, blah, blah, blah. So we, this whole impassioned speech. 
and they're like, let's close this right now in the room. This is what they're saying. And, and the agent's like, well, listen, I got to get them back. Why don't we talk a little bit? And everyone's looking at each other. And, and they end up leaving. And, and everyone's like, what the hell is going on? How can yeah. we not close this deal? Well, every studio in town went after this. Oh, and it, really? took another three it took another three days. But we ended up getting the movie, and that movie became The Rookie, yep. and that was the the first movie that uh, that I did. And uh, you know, I can show you on my wall. Very these are the order of movies. So if you look, there's nice there's job. The Rookie. Yep. And then you got Miracle came after that. Invincible. Watched that recently Secretary, too. That's a good one. Game Plan. I did The Tooth Fairy, but that's not up there. Did Million Dollar Arm. McFarlane. Movie called Chappaquiddick did safety, a uh, couple documentaries. Did a movie called Miracle Season. Yeah, uh, about volleyball. And then um, I have a movie coming out about Kurt Warner. Okay. This December I did for Lionsgate. Nice. Um, doing another little uh, kind of small football movie in September. Is that Paradise? About a fifty-nine. Uh, no, I've got that. I've got the rights to that. We're we're uh, script's amazing on that one, but uh, it's it that one's coming. Okay, so. Cool. Uh, but yeah, the ones lined up now are, are uh, some nice stories. Really, really, really great stories. You know, on and off the playing field. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, but uh, you know, I'm actually doing a movie about Tim Howard, the uh, U.S. Oh, nice. soccer okay. goalkeeper yeah. yep. keeper from Amazon. Um, but no, I love my you know the, the stories I get to do, and and you know a lot of them. You know, Miracle Secretary. These are these are iconic stories that I grew up when I was young. I remember watching yeah. and. Uh, you know, to be able to have uh, done some movies on on these these figures, these people, these events are uh, kind of a dream. So yeah, absolutely. No, it's it's and it what I mean. It's interesting to hear kind of you talk about you know just self taught, do it yourself, and it to me that always screams of like baseball player because in essence, when you go off on your own, you you're on your own and you got to figure everything out. And I think that's such a absolutely. value to the thing. But I mean, yeah, would you agree with that concept? Do you think that helped along the way? For sure. I think my my time playing baseball helped me in business. Helped me, you know, first of all, to try to get in the film business. Have, have, having gotten to the big leagues and, and realizing a dream, a million to one shot, kind of, I didn't fear anything. Yeah. You know, in fact, you know, we we got our first movie made about two and a half years after we started, you know, uh, our endeavor, and and it was like, you know, boy, that took a long time. But other people were like, "Where'd you guys come from?" <laughs> you know, we. Cause no one had hired us that we didn't work for anybody and, and we had to self teach. And, yeah. uh, I thought it was a great way to do it, you know, bootstrap. And, and, and now I think it helps certainly with how I, you know, kind of do my job on a, on a set and how I develop and, you know, always, always known to be a producer takes from the start to the finish and very involved. And, um, I think it helps in the quality of the movies. Yeah. Without so. a doubt. No, I would agree. And did you miss baseball at all when you were done? I mean, I guess you kind of jumped right into sports and, with the rookie, but was there a time where you were like, man, I, I don't want yeah. to watch the sport anymore? Um, uh, there, there, yeah, there were times, uh, no, because there were, I, I always loved the game. I, I just knew that I did not want to go out on someone else's terms. Yeah. Uh, there, there were times when maybe it was it a little early, uh, going back to Dennis Gilbert, he had gotten me a trade to go like right after I retired a couple weeks later, uh, Milwaukee had a trade for somebody and I was going to be with Detroit, uh, and triple a there. And, and I just, it was funny. I had made my mind up and, and I think that is one good thing. I feel like I'm pretty resolute that when I felt like I always said to myself, I'll know when it's time to get out. Yeah. And, and I just didn't want to start the engine again. I felt like, you know what, I'd done it. I was again, having some arm problems and, and, uh, like, you know what, I'm just going to move on to the next phase of my life. Yeah. And, uh, and that turned out to be a good decision. Well, whether I would have gotten back into the Big leagues or not, I don't know. I know my shoulders messed up. <laughs> so, not sure how many more bullets were left, but no, uh, uh, you know, it's uh, it, it was great. It's kind of my identity as well. You know, I yeah. think everybody in, in my business now knew that I played in the big leagues. Hopefully, that had a, a big reason of why uh, we got the rookie and, and why that movie set my course of kind of doing these iconic sports films. I think it had a lot to do with it, and yeah. uh, you know, having played, I think that that attention to detail. Um, and, and getting that part right of, of all my films, uh, getting the sports right, uh, was, was really critical. No, and I agree. And, and the ironic thing is, so, you know, I played 11 years professionally, jumped around everywhere. Um, it's funny you mentioned Waldorf, Maryland, and, and obviously New Brunswick, because I played in Somerset, and I played in with the Southern Maryland uh -huh. Blue Crabs. So, like, both in those towns, I kind of... There you go. Inside Somerset, laughing. I, I my, my house where I grew up is probably six or seven miles from there. Yeah. 
and every I, I go past it whenever we get on the 287. Yep, 287. Right yep, off absolutely. 287. Wasn't Sparky Lyle the coach? Sparky there a long Lyle time? was my manager. He yeah, had, yeah, he was great, man. <laughs> Funny as can be. I, yeah, you know that that's now a is that an A ball or double, double A now? Double A with the Yankees. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, really cool. Yeah, beautiful it's, ballpark. Uh, it was always a they, beautiful park. Um, and you know that I never ever went to a game, and I for my entire life since that what, what year was that built? Nineties? Yeah, ninety nine maybe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that. I. I never went, and I'm and I'm still. I will get to a game there because uh, yeah. I'm. And you know what? Maybe I'll, I'm going back in a couple of weeks. My mom's selling our childhood home. Okay. And uh, I will see the home schedule. There were a couple of times where I was going to go, and they just weren't there. But uh, yeah, no, that's. Yeah. Yeah, I see that park, and and there's something about seeing a baseball park anywhere. I just shot a movie in in um, in um, Oklahoma City. Okay. And my hotel was right across from uh, where the. Uh, where the Oklahoma yeah, uh, AAA now. team for yeah. the Dodgers yeah. is. It's a beautiful ballpark. Yeah. It's holds 9,000 people. It's yeah. uh, really beautiful. And I was just, I was telling the, the, we, I was on a big text, uh, text stream with a bunch of guys and I was, I was laughing. I said, you know, I'm across from this park. It's the middle of winter, and I still look at if, if the wind's blowing out. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> I always check the flagpole. That's such and, a pitch and the move, brothers right? Were like, yeah. Yeah. Weaver Brothers, like same damn thing, man. Every time you come to the park, you, you'd have to see if that wind's blowing out. You're like, God damn. The, so the uh, thing I yeah, didn't want was funny. cutter wind. I did not want cutter wind because my ball was lefty. I was supposed to sink uh, yeah. it, and if that thing was coming across the plate, I was cooked. Yeah. Yeah, I, I liked it when the wind was coming in and at a little bit of an angle, so you get that nice sharp yeah. uh, break on, on it a little bit. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. Uh, no, it's funny. That, All those little awesome. idiosyncrasies. But anyway, but, uh, the, the thing that I, I did always appreciate about those movies is that they they were very accurate. They felt you know natural to what it, you know the beats of what it was to like be in a season or what it was to to be with with the guys and. I think that's what kind of resonates with people. It's just, you know, kind of the right. inside look of like, this is what it actually is like. It's not all great sometimes. So no, that's, I've always appreciated. No, that. you, you gotta, it, it is so hard to get up to the big leagues, you know, to even move up in, in baseball, you, you gotta go up five levels. Um, yeah. you know, rookie ball, two A's usually. Yeah. I think most teams now are just going to have one A ball. I think that was a little bit of it yeah, since they, COVID, they the contraction. Yep, yep. I think it's probably smarter. It's it's then, you know, it's less guys you're signing and, yep. and you know, you, you always know who the press bucks are anyway. Oh, yeah. I mean, in my mind. <laughs> you, 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 very, you seldom get those wrong. You just want to become one. And they make but, it known uh, pretty quickly the, too. Oh, yeah. So I had five levels, you know, that I had to kind of get past because you're, you know, it's like this, right? Yep. And, and, you're competing against the guys, your brothers, you know, yeah. I mean, honestly, starting pitchers are your biggest, you know, yeah. not the other teams. It's, it's the guys that you're looking at every day, left and right, that are your teammates. You know, you gotta, you gotta pitch better than them. That's who your competition is. And, and, uh, you know, to, to get up is a real, you know, it's a real thing. It's, yeah. it's, it's incredibly hard. Not a lot of guys get up, you know, it's, uh, but having done it and, you know, you played, it's, yep. it's just amazing to get, drafted and you're on and playing professionally and getting paid it's just like man what a dream yeah you know? no i mean yeah absolutely and i go back to your debut i mean to think jim rice and dwight evans are your first guys you're facing and you're jogging yeah. in at fenway park i mean talk about a dream come true that's amazing mm. yeah it was pretty wild yeah pretty wild that's cool well um we kind of finish with funny story from the road or anything you got where it's like you know just just oh, I mean, the, the jim morris story is pretty good in itself just you know that comes full circle but you know if you got oh, anything yeah i mean some i can't tell yeah, but uh, i yeah, will tell yeah. you in, in in rookie ball coach gamboa uh i, I remember we're playing on this again i did this really crappy high school field and this was at the end of the season and we're trying to 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 win the league and and uh and it would it, it it was a downpour and it rained and this is a time where all the players are out there trying to get the field and throwing the diamond dry on there and, and, and literally lighting the field on yeah, fire absolutely. to try to get rid yeah. of the, the water, just the crazy stuff. And we're all just full of mud and, 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 and the, the umpires were so young. They were like teenagers. Some of them yeah. like low, like maybe the same ages as the players. They're yeah. really, really young kids and they'd have two umpires and they kind of travel together. And these two poor umpires end up calling the game. And our, our, Gamboa went at, I've never seen a, a, a coach go this ballistic and his, he's spitting his tobacco on them and they're like trying to run away. And he's like, they call, they, all hell broke loose. And it was one of those, 
kind of bull Durham moments. Yeah. And, uh, oh my God, it was hilarious. He, he was fit, fit to be top. We we're, you know, we, we were, we were just covered with mud and, and, and he's chasing down these umpires, you know? Uh, <laughs> but there were a lot of great stories, a lot of great stories. I, I know a lot of teams didn't want to, you know, fight us. We, we had such a big team. There were a couple brawls, you know? Nice. Yeah. And, and, uh, yeah, and and the thing is, man, if you if 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 you gotta if you gotta get a guy, you gotta you gotta drill a guy. Yeah. You better drill him, man. Yeah. If you don't do that, your teammates are gonna you think you are yeah. nothing. So there's these weird codes in baseball, no, as we I all know. know. They they wrote they write their own rules, and things are changing, man. If you when I played, if a guy looked at a home run for more than a half second, he's gonna get it in his head the next time up. If you yeah. reggied any, yeah, like I'm talking at half a second delay. You are getting drilled. <laughs> and Chris Chris Basio was one of the, oh, my God, he'd get so mad. And he was a big dude. And he would just throw guys and then literally run after him to fight him. <laughs> but we'd have a couple of just wild brawls in, in, the, in the minor leagues. And there was no team that could, could handle us. We, we, we had some big guys. But uh, it was so much fun on the road. Oh, right. You know, yeah, it was – that, 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 that's what I miss the most were, were the guys were, were playing and, and getting out there and, and the routine and, and just the stuff on the bench – just funny, funny stuff, yeah. you know, ragging on umpires. Uh, so it, it, it was it was great. It really was. And like you said, the poor umpires, I mean, I remember it well, too. They're like 22. I mean, they, and like you said, it's, <sighs> it's still two guys. I think it's still, you know, as of 2012 when I shut it down, still Lower two guys. Minors, man. They, yeah, I mean, just yeah. cruising around, getting They're worn out calls. every night. It's, it's yeah. tough. Yeah, yeah, making no money. So, yeah. Yeah, no, we all, yeah. and then there were always the bars where the players could go to and then the coaches. Yeah. And, the umpires would try to stay away from you, but it, yeah, it was, it was, you know, I got to know Ron Shelton who wrote, you know, kind of bull Durham. Yeah, we've had him on. And, yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. yeah. Yeah. Ron's great. And he, uh, you know, we talked a lot about just baseball and minor leagues and, and, uh, uh, what that was like. So he, he got it cause he, he played, he knew it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's funny when I did miracle, Kurt, Kurt Russell, um, he and I really hit it off because he played in two of the same, towns as i played in okay he played and pitched in el paso texas okay. and also in vancouver uh and and we were shooting the, our movie miracle in vancouver and we went to nat bailey stadium where at oh, that nice. now when we end up shooting that now when i played it was a triple a team and then it was it wasn't a great park but it was beautiful and and it was a split season uh short season yep um uh team by the time we went and saw it in like oh four i think yep and we were just reminiscing of playing on that field, you know, and, and talking and talking baseball. We talked baseball the whole the whole movie. All we did was talk about baseball. That's so, awesome. I mean, that's, uh, but yeah, we, it was awesome. It's tough because it, yeah, you never it never gets out of your bloodstream. Once it's in, it's it's got no, it's great. And you know, say. I for sure. And you coach high school baseball. Like I, I try to go to some games and and you know, I I listen to the chatter and yeah. it's like it just brings me back, yeah. you know, to how guys interact i watch and you know baseball has got its own it's its own thing you know that hasn't changed in years you know just how guys interact with each other and you know you're you're you're, you're a band of brothers man yeah and it's uh it's weird because you're, you're around these guys for six months let's say or even in high school for your thing and then when that season ends it's over and you, you might see some of these guys in spring training the next year or or you know, on the same high school field, but, but once that ends, it's, uh, it's really weird. And yeah. you pick up these friendships and it's then some mix, some different guys. And it's really sad. You know, when you'd see these guys, it's just like this little, little time of life that, mm -hmm. uh, it's special and you've been through a whole season together. It's sad leaving. And, and then, you know, you start new in spring and, uh, you know, that's why I think baseball, sometimes there's a little too much baseball. I think you got to look forward to it. Yeah. I, I grew up in New Jersey and it was like, we couldn't play year round, and and I man, I when I'd smell that grass and it was ready to yeah, spring you know, was in start the playing. Man, yeah. I, I I was and I got to rest my arm, and I think that helped. I, I, I that's the one thing I think kids play too much. Yeah, uh, they're definitely sound. You know, they play. They got a lot of reps, but uh, you just hope that the kids don't burn out. No, you know, but they, now it's it's year round travel, indoor bubbles, indoor. You know, these guys and, and with the fields, they can play year round, and you know whether global warming. You know, places are just not as cold anymore, and uh, so kids are getting out there almost year round. Yeah, so I, I know it's crazy, and you, and you hit it on the head. Like back in the day, you used to play multiple sports. You'd take time off, you know, and that's hardly just, ever just, anymore, yeah, man. Just doesn't exist, even. you know, hard, hardly ever. And I get the reasons why you want to you you want to be as competitive as possible, and you know, there's all these leagues, and and I get why, but it's uh, it's a little sad the kids can't do multiple sports. I mean, I played football, I played 
other stuff and yeah. and yeah, uh, and I waited and yeah. I waited and then I I couldn't wait to get on that field then after. So no, I totally agree. Well, Mark, I really appreciate it, man. Good. This was awesome. Yeah, thanks so much. And uh, you know, thank just you. Been a big fan of your work. Didn't even realize, and here we are. And and again, the rookie. I go back to it was. Um, early in in the show, we had a guy named Jim Ed Warden on, and he was talking about his tryout, and he referenced the tryout in the rookie, where it's rain's coming down, he's pushing off of a pushing yeah. off of the dugout step, but just you know, just little things like that <laughs> capture like the essence of the game and yeah. baseball, and so just you know, awesome stuff, yeah, man. I appreciate a, it's it. Great, it's a great sport, great sport. Good luck in your game, and uh, yeah, thank you. I'll be looking out for you. Okay, awesome. Appreciate it. Have a good one. All right, so thanks so much, and that was Mark Chardy. And the biggest thing that kind of jumps off with me immediately is, you know, he kept bringing up the Band of Brothers. And, you know, as a high school coach, we talk about a lot, that a lot with our current guys and just enjoying this moment because there's that Band of Brothers that, you know, you can't replicate this moment. And I think that's one of the coolest things about baseball and just being on a team and being a part of something that's kind of bigger than yourself. And, you know, Mark brings that up several times about just the special – relationships that you have and I think you know if you go back to the making of the rookie you know that relationship with Jim Morris I'm sure had a big part of why you know he trusted Mark to tell his story the right way and so I I really like that part and the other thing that I thought that kind of stood out was you know Mark talks about his journey as a ball player and eventually he gets all the way to the big leagues and just kind of lives out that dream pitching it in Fenway against Jim Rice and Dwight Evans Wade Boggs all these names he grew up watching so he, he hits the top of the mountain. He gets to the pinnacle, and, and he's a big leaguer forever. And that's you know something that we all worked for. So when you transition into the next field, which is for him it was producing movies, you know there's no fear. You, you've already done something that is incredibly hard to do. You've been successful at it. You got all the way to the peak of the profession. So now it's, it's go time again. And, and there's that, like I said, there's that no fear part of him where he trusts his abilities. He's been through the fires. You know, playing minor league baseball is difficult, and and if you can get through that and get all the way to, up to the big leagues and have some success, well, then the next venture, I think, suddenly be, feels like a lot easier. And so I thought that part was really cool. So really hope you enjoyed this one. Kind of special, just getting to talk to somebody and that has done some really cool projects and stuff that I've enjoyed personally. So uh, I'll talk to you soon. Take care.